podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jack on mute. <laughs> eat in the background. <laughs> Look at that bowl. Hello, welcome back to the Big Strong Less Boys podcast, where it feels like a bit of a, a carbon copy week on week of these introductions. <laughs> Another win, uh, flying high. The gap now, well, still only two points over Ipswich, but 10 points already over third place after just 11 games this championship season. Um, <laughs> almost, almost, now don't kind of criticise me for this, almost feels a little bit boring, is that? Um, an unfair word to use? Maybe it is. Uh, but look, it was a, a comfortable 2-0 win over Stoke at the weekend. I am trying to enjoy it. Genuinely, it's just very, very different right now, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, uh, delighted to say, as always, Jordan, Jack and Rick are with us. Um, in a little while, we're going to have a guest join us on the podcast as well. Uh, we've got Amy from This Fangirl. We're going to talk about the ladies' side as well, who have started the season incredibly well. But first of all, we're going to go to Rick Flair, who right now is sat outside Euston train station, wearing a shirt, drinking a can of Red Stripe. I wasn't going to drink today as well, but I've had a howler <laughs> of a day. Talk um, us through it, pal. Well, I couldn't get in my office because my pass has expired, apparently. They made a mistake and rather than putting 10 years on it, they uh, extended by three months, so it expired and they wouldn't let me in. Got someone in the background um, <laughs> doing some noises as well. I do apologise, but um, yeah. And then, what's even worse? I usually stay overnight, um, but my mate, he's got people staying from New Zealand, so I've got nowhere to stay. So I thought, I oh, know what, I'll go home instead. Um, and then I've got to Euston. I bought myself some snap. I bought one of them pasta meals from Sainsbury's. And they no longer come with a fork. No, they so don't. So I've had to eat. I've had to eat it with my hand. C- could you not go back in to Sainsbury's? No, really? no, out of principle. Right. And then, what's adding insult to injury? Jack is currently eating with <laughs> one of those serving forks that, like the BFG uses, <laughs> and a bowl. <laughs> it's um, it's just it, yeah, it's taunting me. But yeah, so I'm waiting for my train. But. Rick. I can Never let you into a pod. secret, Rick. I can let, let you into a secret, mate. The forks are now by the till. Mm. Wooden uh, forks. Yeah, they're, they're still there. Uh, yeah. You do, I didn't know. See, I mm. usually just have a sandwich, but I'd already had one of them today. Or a pack but, um, of cold meat. In fact, I've had two, I've had two sandwiches today, so I, didn't, <laughs> I thought, no, that's something else. <laughs> right, I'm going to do this because he's literally got a mouthful of food um, and he's on mute. <laughs> and we've referenced the fact that he's eating. Jack with a giant bowl and fork with a mouthful. Hello, mate. How are you? And what, what, what are you eating? Talk us through it. Um, that was a curry again. It was quite oh, spicy. Was yeah. Um, so I'm sniffling a bit now because that's... Uh, had a curry uh, on Friday as well. Saturday. don't know if you know me, but I really like curry. Um, mm. 
Monique makes a really good curry. So that, uh, yeah, it was curry. It was very hot, um, but I've just finished it now. And <laughs> yes. I'm regretting wearing my fleece because I'm really hot. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Um, okay, well, good. Um, Jordan, you're, you're, you're not eating or drinking. Um, I've got a hot chocolate. Oh, okay. In, in my Leicester FA City Cup. mug. Yeah, FA Cup final mug. Mm. Um, and uh, um, I've got fish and chips later. Oh, so lovely. I'll save them for after this. And Rick, uh, you mentioned as well, I think the, the other week as well, that your needs to be mentioned, your attendance for this podcast is exemplary. You've, 100%. You've never it? missed one, have you? I've never missed one, which just shows how sad I am, yes. really. Got no life, as you boys are always flying around the world or, you know, competing in various sort of important events. And I'm mm. um, worrying about where my next tin's coming from. <laughs> Yeah, Sounds well, like you brought a mate with you tonight as well, so that's yeah. good. Yeah, that, well, I'm a bit that's worried he's going to turn up. I think he's going to come and get involved in a minute. He's been, just, he's been bollocking some pigeons. <laughs> right. I mean, does he look like the kind of guy you'd invite on the podcast, or do we keep our head down and, and not? No, we, we not at him. all. Right, yeah. wonderful. Okay, great. Um, actually, interestingly, I'm, I'm not going to be here next weekend, so Jack, you're going to have to step up again, my friend, unless we, we do it on the Monday. I'm going to be in, in Toulouse. And um, yeah, in a couple of weeks, I'm in Dublin as well. So, Jack, you're gonna, yeah, have to. What's well, no game next afraid. weekend, is there? So, we can wait till Monday, can't we? Oh, yes. I mean, and on that, we just mentioned it straight away. Um, people will have seen on our socials uh, on Saturday, yeah, after the game, we uh, we went to the pub, the, the Ivy Chutney in Leicester City Centre. So, thanks for looking after us. We were joined by a certain Steve Walsh to do a, a, a podcast episode still in the process of, of editing and sorting it. But what we'll do then with it being international weekend coming up, um, we'll, we'll put that one out. So, um, yeah, I mean, Rick, I know for, for we're going to make total use of you because you've got to go in about 20 mm. or so minutes, but, but also Steve Walsh, an absolute hero yeah. legend of the club anyway, but particularly of yours. Yeah. Hopefully if we release the podcast in due course, it'll probably come across how much I love the bloke. Um, Hopefully it didn't border on border on being weird, but um, <laughs> no, he's it just it's. I mean, you say he's a lovely bloke. He obviously is. His persona and the way he conducted himself on the pitch less so, but it just towards what a hero. Uh, and as I said, like my family or like synonymous Steve Walsh growing up. Um, he was the he was the sort of stalwart of the club, wasn't he? Um, I do. I think there's two icons for Leicester in the last 30, 40 years. It's Walsh and Jamie Vardy. There's been plenty of others, don't get me wrong, but, you know, he's two players that have been there for years, Walshy and then Vardy, and me, and me main man in the background. Yes. <laughs> I'll be honest, I was kind of trying to more listen to what he was saying behind you, and I hope he doesn't interrupt this important message but seeing as i have mentioned sorry that the chutney ivy jack just really quickly um because you'll hear about them on, on next week's pod as well um but look for, for people unawares if you go park uh, in the ncp um near there anytime before the game go to the game um then go there to eat afterwards show your match ticket um then they'll pay for your parking so uh always kind of worthwhile if you if you fancy curry after a game you can get your parking free if you go to that ncp and and, and let them know um jack what are we going to say mate i just i just can't get over how smart rick looks i know um, it's weird in a shirt doesn't he it, and uh, with just the noises in the background he he looks like a different man for those mm. listening <laughs> he, he looks like a different person i don't quite recognize this rick what i do when he starts swigging a red stripe but 
He's wearing a yeah, very zippy with the voice. The voice <laughs> emerges. You've you've trimmed your beard. You've ironed your shirt. You, you look presentable. <laughs> it's not that you don't ever normally, but you you look nah. presentable. Oh, mate, I know it's very alien. Feels yeah. very alien. I'm it's usually wearing this. joggers. The shoes. I, I feel like there's there's so many different personalities to you because obviously we we've got you know I'm not going to reveal your real name um, when you're at work with your shirt on. You've got. <laughs> You've got the father who we who we saw on Saturday as well. Oscar coming along to the game, didn't he? Then to the Curry House afterwards, and uh, yeah. how well behaved Oscar was. I mean, just there's so many different personalities too. I mean, do you do you forget sometimes which one? Does it ever just kind of yeah, almost merge into one and and thinking oh, or, or, or I'm being the wrong one right now. I need to be I need to be this one right now. I don't think I'm intelligent enough to do that. I just uh, call it as I see it. <laughs> um, not the wiser, mate. But did did Oscar enjoy the game? On yeah, he, he on loved it, he and he, he he loved meeting you boys. I said to him, "Did you have a good day?" He said, "Yeah, he loved it. He loved the football. Loved coming for a curry and seeing you boys." I said, "Any anything we could do better?" And he said, um, <laughs> "Well," <laughs> said he 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 said he was a bit awkward about coming and getting more poppadoms because we were recording, so he didn't know whether he was allowed to just keep coming and getting them. I said, yeah, you should have done. So, yeah, that was his only feedback was he wanted uh, free reign at the Papa Doms. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that on board. But, no, he was uh, very well behaved. Um, right, then, let's talk about the game. <clears throat> Rick's going to have to get about 20 minutes. We'll have a game of who are you. We are going to do it before Rick goes. Just to, and I mean, people will say that if we if we do it after Rick's gone, we're doing it because it's the only way anyone else is, is going to win. But just to be fair, we'll do it before it goes. But Jordan, the game itself, 2-0. Um, it was 2-0, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> against Stoke at the weekend. It was very comfortable. Let's be brutally honest. It was very impressive, though in, in many ways, lots of the, the individual performances. Yannick Vestergaard, very good. Uh, Cassadea, I thought, took his opportunity um, very, very well. Some lovely link-up play from Ian Atchon. I thought his goal was was very nice. A few good performances, um, but if not, if we're being brutally honest, tested all that much by Stoke, who seemed pretty happy to take a 2-0, to be honest. Yeah, um, and I think at the start of the season, I kind of said, if we start quick, I think we'll piss it. I think we're at that stage already after, what is it, 11 games now, 30 yeah. points. So I, I think teams are coming here already and they're just happy to get out of there without conceding five or six which <laughs> again I mean it seems very arrogant but I know we're, we're just by far and away the best side in the league and you know Preston came um, in midweek and they're third and I think they've not won in four and they're still third but they showed no ambition whatsoever and then as soon as we scored I say they opened up a little bit but we put two more in um, and you're seeing now, like I say, teams are almost beaten before they even get to the ground. It's like, you know, they can't afford to open up at all because they'll they'll just get absolutely pummeled. And um, Stoke had 11 behind the ball. I mean, at one point, pretty early on, Vestergaard and um, Suter were probably 15, 20 yards inside their half. And the whole game was condensed in their last third. And, uh, and fair play to us because... Both goals were absolute works of art um, and teams are coming here setting up with 11 behind the ball and they're still not good enough to stop us. Um, you know, I know Hull beat us and that, I think that's the only way we're going to lose at home this season is if someone scores and we miss a few chances and they, they manage to get out of there. But 
fair play to the the lads. I mean, the second goal, the, the first goal was excellent. Movement from Kaleci was brilliant. Great finish. Um, lovely ball through. I think it was Ricardo. But the second goal was just, I mean, it was poetic that it was Vardy obviously coming straight off the bench and giving Stoke fans some stick. But um, when it came to Fatou, I remember, I think I even shouted, just shoot. It looked like it was perfect to bend it into the far corner. But first time pass, indeed, first time reverse ball and it's a tap in. And I mean, I think I've seen someone call us Man City of the Championship and I don't mind that tag all because some of the football is sublime and even with 10-11 behind the ball these teams are just they're just not good enough um and i think i think their manager said after um you know as soon as they i don't particularly remember them trying to attack but as soon as they did try and open up and attack maresca's screaming at his team that they're changing gets vardy on and it's two nil game over and he said we're, we're the best team this division has seen for years and and i think he's right i think we're going to absolutely cruise it yeah, now I watched the EFL highlights show and um, they did a remarkable job of making the game look significantly more um, even than, than what it actually was. You know, I think I posted a picture after 20 or so minutes, um, what it was 90% possession. And if, again, I, I thought that that was being generous on, on Stoke at that point. I didn't thought they'd, they'd strung two or three passes together until kind of well gone half an hour. It, it really was that stri- straightforward and, and comfortable for um, City and Jack worth pointing out as well. It was it was six changes made by by Enzo and I, I said this didn't I to you guys after the game that you know if in the Premier League it doesn't matter what team you are you could be one of the big boys if you make six changes that disrupts you so much the likely scenario is you're not going to win that game but we are just so much better and I know it sounds arrogant I'm I'm fully aware and I'm I'm always trying to stop myself from saying it out loud but it's the truth that we can do that and whoever we bring in particularly at home. It's just going to be far superior to, to what's in front of us. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it was six changes and we've got four players out for relatively long periods of time. I mean, I, I know it's relative at this level, but the strength in depth is is ridiculous, really, because if the players we're bringing on, I know, I know we're bringing on the players that we were changing out, but we've just got such an opportunity to keep players fresh. I mean, Suter played and he's barely played all season. Didn't really have to do an awful lot apart from knock the ball around the back. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the the strength in depth is is really, I think, going to help us towards the end of the season. I think Maresca's made a big point of of saying that every player is is going to play at some stage, and he's he's definitely been true to his word. I think the only the only two that haven't started uh, or started now is it uh, All Brighton and Daka. Daka's not had a minute. Uh, in the league yet, but um, yeah, sounds uh, about from, right. Apart from the band of of goalkeepers um, we've got, but I'm I'm sure at some stage Danny Ward will come on and play right wing. Just it'll be funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the strength of depth is ridiculous, and the the bit the bit I'm trying to get my head around is, and I think you've alluded to it at the start. I don't want to take this for granted because I definitely didn't expect it to. I definitely didn't expect us to win ten games out of eleven. Um, we're absolutely flying, and and I definitely think the cl- club deserve a lot of credit for sort of stopping the rot and turning it round. Moresca's done a phenomenal job, and in such a short space of time, and you know it's easy to take it for granted. But sort of five games ago, we were a bit like, yeah, we're winning games, but not pl- really playing well. I mean, we've we've strung a, a series of games together now where we've played really well, and I definitely think there's more more we've got to got to offer, but we're just battering teams like we 
you know, Bristol were, we completely battered. I'd, I'd say the same about Preston um, and Stoke just looked completely out on their feet. And like you say, happy that it, it was 2-0. So um, I, I'm not quite as confident as Jordan. I think this is Leicester City. There will be some grand fuck up at some stage. There always is. Um, but uh, it's it's very enjoyable for now and, and long may it continue. Mm. Um, just quickly, so that person can prepare. Who is going to do the, the, the quiz master for Who Are You? Who is going to do it? I've got one. You're going to do I, it. All I, right, I, sweet. I, I, I'm worried I might have done it before, but I've got one. <laughs> Again. <laughs> um, Rick, what could possibly go wrong? Jack saying that this is Leicester City and there'll be always some monumental fuck up. Yeah. What could go wrong? What could derail this for us? Um, well, it's going to be injuries and African Cup of Nations are the only two things I think that could potentially disrupt us. Re- on the injury front, we're already getting injuries. It's not like we're, um, you know, we, we've turned around that from from previous seasons. But so far, those injuries we've been able to cope with. I mean, we've got a couple of key players at the minute that I can't see who comes in and, uh, and does the same job. Harry Winks being the, the main one there. Um, hang on one second, because let me, let me move one second. <laughs> that guy getting louder and louder. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, think, I think on that front, it's injuries, isn't it? Um, but even, even then, like, we're probably able to cope because he's rotating at the minute and it doesn't affect us. I think the reason why I think African Cup of Nations could cause issues is they're going to be away for sort of five, six weeks and Ndidi especially, um, you know, his form at the minute has been so crucial that he comes back and it's then February and he's only got a few months left on his contract. Does he lose momentum and rhythm to, to what we're seeing? And if so, could then it peter out a bit like last season? With some of the players whose contracts are out, but even then, we've probably got enough to um, to to cope. And by then, by January, when they go away, you know, we could be what 15, 20 points <laughs> clear a third. Now, I don't want to sound arrogant. I'm only basing that on being ten points clear after eleven games. But um, I mean, this season feels. I remember when we went down to League One, and you know, the, the sort of negativity about the place was horrendous. Yeah. We'd never been at that level before. It was awful. We got Pearson in. We didn't really know what was going to happen. But very, very early on, you could tell we were levels above. There were players playing in, in positions like Tunchev and, you know, Fry and some of them that it, it just felt, it, it, well, it was just unbelievable to see. And I feel like that's happening now. You know, we've been at this level before. We've We've pissed this league under Pearson and um, and we've competed at the highest level of the Premier League. We've won it. We've, you know, top top fives twice. But the style of football and the way that it's happening at the minute, it just, I don't know, it's probably as close as what Man City get. I'm, I'm sure of it. But we're seeing players like Ricardo is, like, Ricardo's one of the most talented players in the squad. He can compete. He was, you know, the best attacking right back in, in the Premier League at one point. He's basically just playing. A, he's in a system. He's passing the ball. He's turning. It's it's like ten percent of his ability. But you know, he's in that system, and he's just a machine as part of the juggernaut. And I think there's so many of them like that that it's just just functioning. And I, I don't know what it will take to, to to break that. And hopefully, we don't see it. 
Yeah, no, 100%. Right, we've got Amy from this fangirl joining us in about five minutes' time, and Rick needs to, to jump on a train um, back to Leicester. So I reckon um, we do Who Are You Now? Are we, we happy to do that, boys? Yeah? Lovely. Do right, it. let's go. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Right then. So, it is Jordan back in charge. And as mentioned before, we started recording. This is the first time Jordan has has been in charge of Who Are You since the infamous Tony Warner gate, where me and Rick both said Tony Warner. And he didn't hear it. And we'd already done Tony Warner a few weeks beforehand. So, Jordan, are you 100% sure the person who you're going to deliver today has not been on Who Are You before? I am. But I've also just noticed he didn't actually make a senior appearance. So and I think that is in breach of the rules. Well, Jack, I think I think I think I know who you've chosen already, Jordan. I wouldn't worry. Is I'm it Lee gonna... Cox? It's not Lee Cox. Oh, well, I, 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 I feel like we've 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 had a couple who didn't make full first team appearances. I've Did got Tom, one anyway. I've got a yeah. new one. I, I, what, what? So this person has made a full appearance. Yeah. So I'll right, go with okay. this guy. We're going to get to the point where it's like people who went on trial for a week once, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? That's the levels we're going to have to go to to, to try disrupt Rick. But I'm thinking as well, the fact that Rick is, you know, you can't see him right now, but I feel like he's somewhat distracted because he's at the train station. Lots is this going on around is, him. This geezer's not getting escorted off <laughs> the, the forecourt. Oh, yeah. I think there's some windmilling about to happen. Right. <laughs> Are you safe? I'm safe. Yeah, I'm all right. Aye. Right, okay. No one, no, no one messes with me. No point. Yeah, you look after yourself. Right. Come on then, Jordan. Let's, let's go. First clue, please. Right. The start where we always start, date of birth. I was born the 20th of August, 1991. So he's 32. Okay. okay. This is my era. <laughs> no guesses? No. no. Are, we, are we still doing the yeah, one, yeah. one yeah, guess, one per, guess. per round? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I made, I made one Leicester City appearance between 2008 and 2011. How can you... Okay. Nothing from me. Now, 2008, 91. Can I have a guess, please? He was between the age of 17 19. No, I think he's older than this. Comrade Logan. He's not older. No, he played a lot more games than that. So, third clue. He was named as a substitute for the first time in a League Cup win over Stockport County. It was an unused sub. So he made his first team debut on the 2nd of September 2008 against Hartlepool in the Football League Trophy. Oh. I've got nothing yet. I've got, I think we've already had him. Well, who's, who's your guess? <laughs> no, no, it's not him. No, it's not him. It's not him. That was the season after. Okay. I've still got nothing. Neither has Rick. So it's under, it's Pearson, isn't it? It's, under, it's that year, it's the year we went down to League One and he's t- and he was 17 
So I'm saying I tip all year. But I like this. But this is, is this the League One season? I think it is. Mm. Bloody hell. <laughs> Tough atmosphere for risk. What's going on there? <laughs> Mate, it's always kicking off. Isn't it? Right, Jordan, next clue. So that actually, I mean, it's saying he had one appearance, but it must mean he had one start. Okay. Because um, it's now saying, bear in mind we do this off Wikipedia, so it's not the most reliable. Um, but he made his first... Oh, that... No, that's right. Yeah, he made his first appearance of the 2009-10 season, playing the full 90 minutes as Leicester beat Macclesfield Town 2-0 in the League Cup. Oh, is it, is it a goalkeeper? Petney, Cole Petney. No. Alex Chizak. Made that name up. No. Nope. Frozen out. Oh, look, can, I re, can I re-clarify a clue, please? <laughs> yeah. you, say he came on, you said he came on as a substitute, didn't you? So not a goalkeeper then. Yeah, so it looks like he came on as a sub against Hartlepool and then the year right. after he, he played 90 minutes. So he right. started against Macclesfield. And then I'll give you I'll give you like a clue three point five. In fact, I can't until I can't until you. No, no, I've got, I'm. I'm but you, how long you got? I'm going to be here for a while, by the way. Um, Rick's got a train to catch. Come on. This is. Bear in mind, it says he has one appearance. It now also says he made his league debut against, <laughs> against Sheffield United. He came on at half time for Jack Hobbs. Tom Parks. No, no, we've had him. Well, no, but that doesn't yeah, yeah. mean that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah sorry, yeah, I can't right. remember. Came on for Hobbs. I'm pretty what sure we've, we've not had this guy. I mean, I've barely heard of him, so. Oh, yeah. oh. Um, next clue. Come on, we need to. Rick's got to try. <laughs> I've got nine appearances for England under 17s. I'm struggling here. Yeah. I think I'm done. I think I'm out. Uh, League One season, teenager, defender. Played a couple well, of games. But well, he came on for Hobbs. Not Elliot Moore. Oh, no, it's a good guess. Oh, yeah, that's a great guess. He is an academy graduate. Well, obviously. Mm. So this should be at Rick's, Rick's Street. I'm amazed we haven't got this. I think we need the next clue, Jordan. Yeah, Pearson era. So I went on loan to Tranmere Rovers and then Kettering Town before moving to Mansfield Town. Shane Byrne? No. George Taft. Oliver Norburn. Oh, shit. I've already said two. You've already said something. I know. It's It's not Taft. He never played for us. It's none of those. Oh, is it not? But, Jake, it was going to be Oliver Norburn, but I changed my mind. Kettering Town. Who went to Kettering? And he he went to Mansfield when they were in the conference. Played 43 games. He's not a centre-back either, is he? Another clue? Yeah, yeah so I can come back in. Um, Not so Stephen after... Dawson. No. After his spell <laughs> at Mansfield, he was signed by Championship Club Burnley. We've had, had him. We've had him. I've guessed him before. <laughs> Luke O'Neill. Oh, fuck off. 
I've guessed that's why I didn't guess it earlier. You were going to guess earlier. When? When I said I no, he was dead. You. Oh, the way before. He Nothing played against Sheffield United in the Championship, didn't he? Yeah, that's yeah, that was one of the players. Yeah, yeah. I was. Sure, I remember that's it. Two we game guessed and that and that's why and that's why I didn't get it because can't you remember we talked about this we said we Luke O'Neill was my was my blind spot I don't, I've never heard oh, of it no. <laughs> never well, heard I, of it I need to two game ban that George sorry mate rules that's are rules that's a good thing mate that's a good actually, thing that I've got a ban actually was this boys not- I'm off <laughs> What's this? I've got to go, boy. All right, mate. Bye. <laughs> Jordan! Get, get the spreadsheet up. Every time. No, actually, I, I'm not going to fully um, release you of, of, of fault here, but was this not actually not the the career that was put... No, a picture of him was put in the, the WhatsApp group and people didn't remember. I yeah, don't think so we've actually maybe. guessed him on the show. No, I think we have. Well... And it was only it was only me who knew it was Luke O'Neill, but I don't think actually mm. he's been in the game itself. I think we just ended up chatting about him because we did a random "Who are you?" in the WhatsApp group. Maybe we got it wrong. Well, so I think the spreadsheet needs to be checked. To what clear my name? Yeah, it does. It does. Irrespective, Annoying. do I get do I get the win? I, I think if if you well, get if it's it, not if, been if, done before, then you do. But it's annoying but, because I would have done it earlier, but then I said. Actually, no, I'm not sure I would have guessed him because I thought he made his debut against Tranmere or something. I no, think heard of him. Yeah, no, he was he was a decent fullback and he, he was he was very good for Mansfield until he got that move to Burnley and then was he wasn't quite his level, but was a, a decent kind of League One, League Two fullback for a, for quite a while. He was yeah, he, he wasn't a bad player at all. Um Oh well. But but it might have but, been a good one, Jordan. We'll we'll come back to you whether it's yeah, a good one or whether it's the worst one of all time. <laughs> but Jack, if it has been guessed before, do I still get it or not? No, null and void and two game ban for Jordan. Right, uh, they are the rules. Sorry, okay. so I I want a full and frank apology if we have not used them before. <laughs> yeah, well, your full and frank anyone. your full and frank apology will be that you're not banned for two games. So yeah, yeah. No, but I, I was accused that we'd used them before, and I don't want that. I don't want two blemishes on my record now. No, <laughs> one more, and it's uh, yeah, it's a proper ban, right? Um, Rick has now gone, he had to, to get the train. Um, so glad we, we got that in. Delighted to say now we are joined uh, by Amy from this fan girl. Um, Amy, I think you just had to listen to that absolute carnage. Um, from the background, <laughs> uh, how are you? Okay, I'm good, thank you. I've got to be honest, I was tuning out a little bit because I came yeah. in at the wrong time, but I'll, I'll, I'll listen back. I'll listen back on Spotify. It still won't make any sense. So, <laughs> <No>. good luck. <laughs> it rarely oh, does. It rarely does. Um, but look, um, you were at both games this weekend, weren't you? Of course, the the, the men with the, the win over Stoke, and then the the ladies as well with the the win over over Everton. So, so where do you want to start? Oh my God, I know. Who, where do we start with this? Well, it was the Wednesday night game. I was actually, I wasn't at the Saturday, unfortunately. Um, but whatever, still have seen many a win <laughs> in the last week. So yeah, like, well, it's it's dreamland stuff, really, isn't it? How are you guys feeling? I mean, we're we're good. And we were saying earlier that it, it's always a little bit strange because it almost feels a little bit too easy. But we're mm. we're, we're we're constantly then proceeding everything we say by saying we don't want to sound arrogant, but it's just kind of where the team is is at at the moment. I mean, what what, what do you make of a kind of Enzo Maresca's start? Because it, it does 
to be honest, feel a little bit too easy. You know, we're almost like waiting and expecting some kind of, of bump to, to arrive. But I'm, I'm trying to work out exactly where that may well come from. And I almost feel like as it goes on, like the noise around Leicester City is going to have such a big effect on the rest of the clubs that are going to be coming down the road, like playing us. It almost becomes with every game and we are getting these great wins. It becomes like almost like the challenge just gets greater and greater for the teams. Yeah, I mean, like it's obviously a dream start for him. I've got to be honest. I had a bit of a, I had a bit of a break, a mental health break from football after a very busy summer of women's football, and it's just very unfortunate. So obviously the men's season started on what was it, August the sixth, and it was still like yeah, kicking time for the women's World Cup. Um, and then obviously I came off the back of a getting to the flipping World Cup final and the devastation <laughs> of not quite getting it, like getting through that. Mm. So I've only really like been back to following Leicester City for the last couple of weeks. But yeah, it's been bloody great, hasn't it? Um, as I said, like I was there on, on Wednesday and it, I think what really like shocked me, I think it's, it's been so long since I've sort of felt that on the ground. Like it was jumping from the second we got in to like pretty much the entire way around. I feel like there's a whole new gang of ultras in there, which is kind of cool. I'm liking that they've like been able to make a bit more noise in the stadium than they have compared to previous seasons. But yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I just think um, it's, it's, just, it's what Leicester deserved. You know what I mean? I think obviously they had a crap end of like season, the one just gone. But I think with some of the players we've got, we've got like, like instilled incredible players within the squad. I, I'm so happy to see like players like Keenan Jewsby Hall and indeed he's sort of like getting this slightly like, refreshed style of play be able to do something with it. So, yeah, it's fucking wicked. I, don't, I, don't, yeah, I, don't <laughs> I know what you mean. Like, what else do you say? And it's like, yeah. I think like, as being a Leicester fan, you're always, as you say, you're always waiting for that moment to be like, okay, then the wheels come off. But I just, I don't see it. I have no doubt that we're going to, we're not going to win every single game up until the close of the season. But I just think like this, this kind of start, I think it's, it's really showing, it's showing a new city, which is great. Now onto the women. Now that is where the real bloody surprise comes in. Because I yeah. always, always like anticipate that the men were going to do pretty well uh, compared if you sort of put them like flight with other championship teams. The women, tw- like two weeks into the WSL and they are still sitting top of the table. Like that is, that's nut stuff. Yeah, so the, the, the two wins so far, I mean, were they games ordinarily you would have expected Leicester to, to pick up results in? Or I mean, how... How much of a surprise has it been to to get those two wins? Because it, yeah, the, the last couple of years in, in the WSL, it has been a struggle for them. You know, it has sure. just been about survival. But two games in, sitting pretty at the top with a with a couple of wins. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've not been play- we've not played um, sort of top of WSL WSL's table. But it's not to discredit the teams that they have won. Yeah. Um, so like Bristol City, obviously got promoted last season so they like they beat out a lot of championship sides who are decent sides themselves and Everton are very very a very comfortable um sort of six seven eighth position it's not on paper that's actually something that I would have expected us to not necessarily gather the points to that in two games so far we've got six points I feel like what what did we get last season I think it was 15 we ended the the entire run on so obviously that just that tells you everything you need to know we've made an incredible start and I think I think towards the end of last season, you could see signs of sort of Leicester really getting into it. They struggled at the start. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been very convincing. It does feel as well, and I think, and maybe we've spoken about this, there's feels like there's, especially in the last couple of days, actually, there's like a proper 
one club approach, which if you look at other clubs, they do it all the time. They, they live for that stuff. Leicester are really starting to catch up with that. And I think it has an amazing effect. It's like, yes, we all, you know, we've got two separate teams, obviously, but we play for the same badge. We are the same club. I think that has got to do a lot for the for the girls and a lot for their confidence and their, the way they feel about themselves within this team. Mm. I mean, obviously, with your work with with this fan girl, you'll be very aware of, of what lots of the clubs are doing all, all around the countries. And yeah, some do it brilliantly, some yeah. not at all, and, and some do it okay. Yeah. You know, in, in the last couple of years, there has been a genuine real push from the from the club to to integrate and push the the ladies team of course you know at being at, at beaver drivers as well and being in the wsl they're they're clearly keen to to have a, a real strong representative from the from the ladies team i mean how how good in comparison do you think that the club are doing at the moment in terms of you know a pushing them supporting them and, and then also integrating them in, in comparison to maybe some of the other clubs in the wsl i think it's hard because it's a really hard comparison to make because you're looking at like the likes of like arsenal who have been like a, such a long established team. They've won a Champions League. They've they've got some really decorated players like Alex Scott came off, like sort of came from that entire system. They've been doing it for 30 years. Chelsea are like sort of pecking at their toes. They've had a really established team for a long time. And then sort of Man City and, and a few clubs like Reading and I forgot the other ones, Birmingham City actually weirdly. So you've got some teams who have just an established setup and how like you're never going to be able to that's always going to take some time to catch up with. I think Leicester have been slower than other clubs, I think. I think it's fair to say that, and I think they'd probably they'd probably admit that themselves. But I think what they do have now is, yeah, as you say, they've they've got their women's team training at Beaver Drive. They're doing this, all these communications, which is about a one club. And I think they've got I think they realise they've got a bit of a journey to go on. Like Arsenal's not selling out 55,000 plus fans just by doing a couple of bits of advertising. This has been like a really concerted campaign of getting people into the stadiums. Leicester does need to do the same. So it's you're not gonna you're not gonna get it in a year. You're not gonna necessarily get it in two. This is gonna be a decade of growth, sort of like converting these men's fans. Not even and not it's not always about just converting the men's fans, like there's loads of other you know, fans of sports that they could um, they could try and get into the stadium on match days. But you've got you've got a journey to go on. I think they know that, and I think they are committed to it. So yeah, what could more could you want, really? Amy, you alluded to a little bit that the the momentum around the club started changing last year. As sort of, I'm a little bit of an outsider when it comes to the ladies' team, so you can help me with this, but it feels like the investment into the squad's changed a little bit. There was yeah. lots of new players. There's Willie Kirk, who I don't know a huge amount about, but seems like he's done doing a really good job. It, are those the sort of things that have helped change it or the, is it just sort of embedding, embedding ourselves in the Premier League? I think it's a bit of both. Like, I think it's obviously now we're looking at our third season in WSL. So you are just going to gain experience of what it is to play these massive teams and to play at places like, well, bear in mind, like these teams are playing at the Emirates, they're playing Old Trafford. Like these are huge venues to go up to. So I think it's a bit of that, but it, I, they have invested in a different way. They've signed like nine new players over the summer, really, really strengthened their squad, bought in, um, they bought in like a, Ex Leon player, and they've like been Champions League winner about seven times on the bounce, basically. Maybe not on the bounce, but anyway, seven times. Um, they've got like Belgian internationals, and she's scored like twice in the last two games. So you've got like an amazing striker on your um, sort of on your team now. 
Um, what else have they been doing? I think, yeah, Willie, Willie Kirk coming in, he's got that experience at Everton, actually. So he, that's where he's come from. So he's a very established manager himself. And they've brought on a director of football as well, who's really looking after the whole team from the back as well. Thinking about also commercial deals, but really have got that understanding of the squad and it, like and really sets that vision for where it is that the team want to go. Who's the... Because Emil Heskey's involved in some way, shape or form, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know what he is. I don't know who's what the, who's is. the new director of football. Lisa Pierce. So uh, she's okay. from the uh, county FA. Yeah, she's with uh, okay. it. She's, okay. she's like she she knows exactly where she wants the club to go, and I think she's really done an amazing job in the last year of bringing that all together. So yeah, I'm really excited, and I have to say, like being in the stadium, even I took my little one, and which was a mistake. I've done it <laughs> twice now, and it's I don't know why I do it each time. Anyway, um, but there's a really nice, I think that's a really nice vibe there. And people always say that about women's football. And sometimes it can be a bit like, all right, yeah, we get it. It's a safe space. It's, But it is a really lovely afternoon out. And I think, obviously, you're looking at like, what, 10% of the, of the stadium that you'd get for a men's game. But there was a moment in the game where I was just like, yeah, you can feel that like this entire crowd are on Leicester side, really here, really invested. It was when... Um, our goalie did like a double save of a penalty kick at like the 45th minute um, clear, cleared the first one cleared the second one and it was just at, yeah it was just that moment I was just like yeah we've got we've got uh, the start of a support like a support system here which is which is wicked Amy you mentioned uh, that there's been a lot of investment into the team because obviously the last couple of seasons have been a bit of a struggle but mm. I, I saw the other day that I mean, if it's it kind of seems a bit extreme, but if Arsenal lose again, that's their title hopes done already. Is it really? But, is that what it well, is? Well, they've played two, haven't they, so far, and they've not won either. But I know. Um, do, do you think the the, the um, less the women's team? Do you think they're after the good start they've had? Not they're going to get carried away, but is their objective just to stay in the WSL again, or do you think that this season they can push on a little bit? No, I think they have to push on a little bit. I think, as we said, we've we had two seasons where it was very much like clinging on with all your claws and all your toes. I think you, I don't think, I think as well, yeah, very much you don't want to get carried away. But the two opening, like the opening game and the first home game, that's a huge statement to the league. They were very under underestimated last season and for, for, you can understand why right they were sort of drifting at the very very bottom and it didn't look you couldn't really see where any of the goals were going to come from it has to be more than that now I think I definitely think when Arsenal do kick into gear because I don't think there's any doubt that they will and I think we've been lucky with two draws on the last the last game what was it Man United Man City Chelsea and not Arsenal, someone else all drew so all these big teams that would typically be like already starting to climb the table are you know reducing the amounts of points that they can get we've been I guess a little lucky with that Chelsea is going to kick into gear as is Man City um and they have got like when we like the comparison between the two sides and this isn't to discredit Leicester at all we've got some incredible incredible talent on our team you're comparing it to like world star players you've got to remember like the WSL as well is now it's like the it's the world's best women's football product this is where people come. This is where Sam Kerr comes. This is where, like, we're getting Americans come back here. We're getting, like, basically the Europeans that have, like, won Champions League on Champions League coming to the UK now. Um, so I think we can't think that we're 
you know, going to be sort of at the top end of the table. But I think we can definitely aim for eighth, seventh. I don't see why we wouldn't be able to do that with what we've got in that. Or I think they're definitely going to prioritise going for a really good cup run in either. So, yeah, I think it has to it has to gear up a little bit, which would be, I think, a massive challenge and very exciting for that team. And one okay. thing, um, sorry, Jake, one thing that I've been loving about the championship is no VAR. Oh, well, I saw Emma Hayes say that she wanted VAR, and I thought, you really don't. Trust me, no. you really don't. But it gave me a bit of crumb of comfort as well to see that Alex Greenwood got sent off on Sunday. Oh, yeah. The referee is Mad. exactly the same. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Absurd. I only saw, like, I only really caught up with that today. I, I can't believe that, but that I feel like that's been one of the worst or the most highly contested goal, like, sort of um, ref decision ever. For anyone that doesn't know, basically it was a, she was on a first yellow and she was going to, what was she going to do? Take a free kick or something? Just take a free kick, yeah. That's it. And literally, I think she, you could see like her team was sort of running to get back. So she sort of paused. The ref comes up and gives her a, a second yellow for time wasting. Yeah, that is abysmal. But unfortunately, yeah, you've not got the same level of, same problem as the championship. You've just not got the same level of refs, unfortunately. That will get there, I guess. But would you want VAR? No, no. absolutely fucking not. <laughs> Correct no. answer. Good answer. <laughs> um, Amy, about uh, this fangirl, then um, for people who are unawares, uh, you're the founder. Uh, tell us exactly kind of what it is that it is and, and what you do within it. Oh, this is always a really tricky one. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's like, when you, like you, go, you go home for like Christmas dinner and you, like just yeah. trying to explain to your auntie like you're not a doctor <laughs> or a teacher or something <laughs> like that. So this fangirl is um, a platform that I founded back in 2016. And I think some of you might know what happened in that year and the reason why it is so special to Leicester fans especially. Um, it was off the, obviously off the back of Leicester were in the Premier League, and I was. it was just a season that I was just just couldn't get enough of football, um, but realised, like, the fan representation of female fans especially was really crap. Like, it was just very highly sexualised. There was no... It felt, felt like there was no positive image of women involved in football unless they had, like, their boobs out. And it's just like that wasn't... Where, the way I go to football, often at least, and I'm, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> um, so I basically just started taking photos of female fans around the country, um, started with Leicester, and then went to like basically every single club in the country, took loads and loads of photos, created this like archive of image images. And I just thought it was going to be like a year project to stop me being so bored at my desk job. And then, like, over the year, realised, like, how much good feedback we were getting from people and people being like, oh, yeah, I recognise myself in this image. It's like me and my mum when we go to games. And everything kind of snowballed from there. So since then, we've, yeah, we operate as a platform. So we work with brands and we've got um, media presence on all social channels, as you'd expect. But we've also started to work as a bit of creative agency. So we work with clubs to deliver creative campaigns. We provide insights for uh, different brands who want to understand female fan audience because it is very nuanced and there are lots of different things to consider that are different from the men's game. Um, what else do we do? We do meetups. We've been doing meetups for like over five years and we've done them in mad, which is it's funny actually, this summer I could finally say in cities from Sunderland to Los Angeles and everything yeah. in between, which is a bit wild. 
Um, so that's a huge part of what we do with this fangirl. Um, but yeah, basically we exist to, I guess, create access for women in football through culture and community. And what places like Twitter, the, the best place to, to go if, if people Instagram. are interested? Yeah, and... I've been slacking on Twitter since. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're up for a um, football content award, aren't you? Yeah, we are. Which yeah, you've yeah, won, yeah. but you've won one of those before, haven't you? Were no, you... I've no? never won. We've been nominated twice, but it's a bit of a... not to dis. Can we still not? Can we still vote for you? Because the voting's still up, so. isn't it? Yeah, I think okay. you can. So we need yeah, to have oh to go God, vote for you. So. We'll, we'll share um, that on our on our Twitter and get people to vote if we can do that. That'd be yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. thanks, guys. Um, I don't know exactly how, but I'll work. I'll work out the mechanic. But yeah, I've been nominated for one of those. So that'll be fun. Chance to potentially go up to Anfield. Yeah, it's been. Our th- it's our third year being nominated. It's one of those ones you've got to do quite a lot of the work and like letting people know mm. you've been nominated. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I personally, I find that quite uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Just sort of mm. being like nominated for award. But I just, like, <laughs> cool, okay. I, we I, don't, I, and we didn't get nominated. So there you yeah. go. Okay. We are. Yeah. You know I'm actually on the <laughs> channel, so I need to nominate you guys. Next well, there you year. go. Next year, yeah. It's too late for this year, unfortunately. But next year, for sure. If we've not been cancelled by next year, let's let's go for that. No way. Um, Yeah, that's what I've been up to. So, how's everything going at um, the pod? It's been looking amazing from the outside. Yeah, we haven't been cancelled. We've not been cancelled yet. That that's how we kind of grade how well we're doing another we've week got a podcast exactly one more week <laughs> one more week yes. no we're all good and also rick isn't here right now i'm not sure we've had the pleasure of, of meeting or, or speaking to, to rick but he's the, the the most likely to get us cancelled so oh, um yeah. yeah no if you ever have the pleasure and it generally is um the guy's a legend but um yeah no the, the podcast is good um and we're yeah as i said it, it's a bit weird because last season was like the, the the big thing we were being told by fans listening was that it was cathartic that people like the podcast to hear basically four blokes just moan about the football. But now it's just a completely different dynamic of, of conversation. It's but, a proper grind now, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's easy. People are still listening. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you need yeah. something else to It's not about. a grind. I'm joking. It's not a grind. No, but... no, of course not. But yeah, no, it's going good. It's going good. Um, Amy, thank you so much for your time. It's, it's much, much appreciated. Um, so it's this fangirl on Instagram, more likely than, than Twitter, if you if you want to kind of have a look at what, what Amy's up to, if you want to get involved in that. And uh, we'll share your link on our socials as well to, to vote for the, the FCAs, the, the, the content awards. So, yeah, brilliant stuff, Amy. Thank you so much. Nice one. Take it easy. Brilliant. Take care. See you there later. That's Amy there, uh, the founder of This Fangirl. And look, um, it makes such a difference, doesn't it? We talked about last season how the, the academy side was really struggling. Um, it, it got a uh, just stayed up, didn't they? By, by, well, not. What's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Well, they, um, they stayed up by default because yeah, that's they it. couldn't get relegated because yeah. of some technicality. Yeah, yeah, technicality. That's what I was looking for. So basically, last season we had the academy really struggling, stayed up via technicality. The ladies struggled for most of the season, just about then stayed up, and then of course you know it won't have been lost on any of you what happened with, with the men last season, and you know it was a pretty difficult place to be at times lots of criticism being or just fingers being pointed everywhere which is which is natural it's, it's it's what happens doesn't it particularly in in the world of football and um jack it's interesting because obviously rick isn't isn't here who is probably the most vocal um critic critic of of john rudkin um but the football club on a whole it ha- we have mentioned 
that you know you've got to say well done to them in terms of getting the appointment right with with Enzo Moresca. I think that's that's clear to see, and and looks like the recruitment was was pretty good as well. But I'm going to go back to to what I said on our, on our live show at the the start of the season, and I said that I think that Leicester will get promoted, and they'll do it quite easily just because of the quality they've got in that squad. But I said my gut feeling is is that the problems that I feel there is in terms of the running of the football club will remain because you'll get promoted and everyone will pat themselves on the back when actually the kind of the deeper rooted issues maybe won't have, have been um, fully kind of identified, solved and, and lessons learned from. And I, I, maybe people think it's a little bit harsh to jump on this now when things are going so well and what a positive conversation we've just had with, with Amy. But that is kind of still my fear that we get back to the Premier League and we almost do this cycle again and people haven't learned the the lessons that that the fans were, were saying were, were going so wrong for for so many months before that that relegation happened. Yeah, I I think what you say is fair because because there ha- there have been some really big mistakes made. I think the point I was trying to make at the start was, look, we've hammered them when they've got it wrong. I think we should give them credit when they've got it right. I think a lot of that credit goes down to getting Maresca in as in as manager I think he's got Mm. a very very clear idea of how he wants to play he's got a very clear idea of the players he wants he's brilliant at involving the players that aren't playing and the squad harmony I mean one thing we haven't talked about is I actually look forward to the training video as you see on a Friday now because the players look like they're having the time of their lives they're throwing Mm. cones at each other there's piggybacks there's all sorts going on um I'm digressing from from your original point but um I do think Maresca deserves a lot of the credit. Um, one of the things I was actually thinking of, uh, and it, it, it links to your point, when, when Rick was saying there's two things that could scupper as injuries in African Cup of Nations, if we keep doing really well, yeah, someone might want Maresca. Yeah, yeah. And it depends on who, but he plays such a style of football that it almost concerns me in a way that it's probably not like a mid-table side, like one of the top six might go, Christ, this bloke's done a great job at Man City. Man City aren't doing quite so well now. Like some of the differences, they've lost players, but they've also lost their assistant manager. Does he get slightly more credit because of that? That actually would genuinely concern me because Maresca's got no real tie to um, uh, to Leicester. I did hear a rumour that he might have moved to uh, somewhere north of Leicestershire, which uh, worries me even more. Um, but that that genuinely uh, is is a concern of mine. And then I think you've you've got to have a plan for everything. And I think I think this, where this club has come unstuck is almost just you know what's the old phrase like you fix the hole in the roof while the sun's shining, not while it's raining. Like yeah. that's that's the kind of attitude they need. I think mm. we almost you know there's this all we've rebuilt the project around Maresca great like who go we should have two or three managers lined up if Maresca decides to go it's the same with any player like we yeah we do seem as a club to go you know offer out long contracts think managers are never going to leave or they're never going to go bad like we've seen with Rogers for two years he was unbelievable and then he was unbelievably bad like things so I think it's about that planning as you as you say it is and we you know we don't exist in the same context all the time so um so yeah, I th- I think my I'm still as fearful as you when I say it's Leicester City something's going to go wrong. I think you know we do need to be sort of planning for the worst in every 
every situation. And um, and yeah, I'm still concerned, particularly if if we go up. I think you know, as we've seen, the gap is enormous. And I think I think we're doing a great job at this level. Long may that continue. But I I almost feel like we're just getting promoted this year is resetting us back to even part of where we were because we were a top half Premier League side. Do we go up and then we battle relegation straight away? I think I think we've got a long way to sort of right all those wrongs. So um so yeah it's probably a long winded say of way of saying, yeah, I think I think I agree with you. I still have I have those concerns. Hmm. No, spoke very well. Um Jordan so yeah, kind of anything to, to add on that. I mean, I think you know promotion and then it absolutely survival because the the gap is huge. Um, yes, it's great to to bounce back so so quickly, but I think we'd be. I mean, we're already getting ahead of ourselves by having this conversation right now. But for thinking anything beyond survival would be would be absolutely doing that. But I mean, do, do you share any concerns? Because I, I do think that we can have these conversations because I do think that you know as long as Enzo stays in place. And even with injuries, the, the squad will cope. So I think that, that the promotion, Christ, I mean, to say the word formality, <laughs> trying to try to stop myself using all these these words on this podcast. But, but Jake, sorry, just to interrupt, when you yeah, say formality, on. we've got 30 points already. I know. The, av- the average to get promoted is 84. Yeah. So we're a third of the way there and we've played 11 games. So it's, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, Ipswich have had an unbelievable start as well, but you do make a good point. I, I think, honestly, that... I would be incredibly disappointed if we don't get to 100 points. I think, I I really do think that the, that team is is that good. Um, and yeah, if it wasn't for Ipswich's um, start being so good, our start would look even better. But sorry, Jordan, back to kind of the, the the running of the football club and you know where we're at. You know, Susan Whedon's still there as the chief executive, John Rudkin, the, the director of football, and everyone kind of around them. Of course, top still very much the the owner. Um, they've got a lot right, but do you think? That they've got everything right and they've learned from those lessons that that basically meant that we're in this situation right now and where we are i don't think we're going to know the the answer until this time next season if we get promoted which when say it does <laughs> seem like a formality but i remember having this conversation with a few forest fans that i know when they got promoted you got to stop and, doing that mate i know i've got to stop talking to them. <laughs> yes. um, it's not healthy they, they were again the genuine delusion that they thought they were going to challenge for the top six and top eight they were talking about now what i would say is you know you look at um forest who were fortunate to get promoted through the playoffs um and then at the start of the season there was a burnley fan that said he thought they'd finished top 10. yeah um, and he, they're having a bit of a reality check but what i would say is we are just so far ahead of the rest of the division um, like you say, 100 points should be achievable. Um, if we carry on going at this rate, what we'll get it before 40 games, which is crazy. Um, so we're not going to know until this time next season. But I think, like Jack says, getting Enzo in was or has looked like a masterstroke. I'm not worried about him leaving on the basis that this is kind of his first big break. Um, you know, he didn't do very well at Palmer. I don't think manager the manager's going to leave a side that are absolutely flying and he's got his fingerprints all over the, the system. Um, I also don't necessarily think many of our players could be tempted by moves. I mean, you know, you look at people like Winks and Cody, who we brought in, I mean, they're pretty old. Where, where Well, not old, but, where, you know, where are they going to go? 
Um, and if we do go up, it is a weird one because, like we've said before, we're judging players that have come in against Premier League standard. And I look at that division and I know the gap is enormous. I think the gap is enormous from the top 10, but the bottom 10 is dreadful. All three that have gone up are rubbish and I think we'd beat them. Um, Everton have been hanging around like a turd that won't flush for years. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you you've got like Bournemouth, turn of phrase. <laughs> Bournemouth are rubbish. Brentford are rubbish without Tony. Forest ain't much better. Palace have had a good start, but they're rubbish. Fulham are rubbish. I would fully expect us to go up and finish above all of them, which is completely arrogant. Exactly <laughs> like the Burnley fan, then. Yes. Yeah, but but the difference is, look what we have done in previous seasons. Last year was just a complete freak. You know, we were in Europe twice. Um, under Rogers, we we won the cup under Rogers, and for last season to go so so badly wrong is the anomaly, not us doing well. So it wouldn't surprise me if we went up and completely overachieved again. But um, yeah, like going back to the board, they've done very well to get people out of the club who didn't want to be there, and clearly soured the mood around the, the place. And like Jack said, you you only have to look at the um, well the, the way we're playing, but also on social. Um, it looks like a good place to be around and winning does breed that, but that's all come from a clean slate at the start of the season, getting Enzo in and getting players like Winks and Cody in and even giving players like Vestergaard who were frozen out under the previous regime a, a chance. And yeah, long may it continue. I, I just, I cannot see it, anything going wrong and you can blame me if it does. <laughs> um, even injuries, I don't think are going to scupper us. I mean, we had three England internationals on the bench. On, yeah. on Saturday. I mean, it's just obscene. Like, not, not many Premier League teams can say that. Um, and, the, and the AFCON, yeah, I mean, that, that might trouble us, but I, I think we'll have enough and we'll probably be halfway up by then anyway. And yeah. I, I was just going to build, because you mentioned Harry Winks, and we've not we've, we've gone through a whole podcast without mentioning <laughs> him, but he was unbelievable again. And I, the guy just looks like he's having the time of his life. He celebrated like he, you know, mm. won in the last minute. Um, he's, he's unbelievable and I, I know no one was overwhelmed when we signed him but he's just been phenomenal the way he just looks like he's got so much time I think he he can't believe how much time he's got but I mean he's just he's just not putting a foot wrong and um, it's funny I, uh, I I know a Stoke fan that went and he just said he's he's far too good to play at this level and I'm not sure we thought he when we signed everyone in the summer I didn't think he was going to be that player but he is that player isn't he I know all the plaudits go to sort of Ndidi and KDH or Vardy and Ian Acho, but he's not got a goal or an assist but he's he's just so pivotal to how we play I think he's he's phenomenal yeah, I mean, I was going to mention a couple of other players as well um, before we, we finish that we, we haven't mentioned. I mean, I'm going to start with, with Cassidy. Um, so he hasn't had many starts. Was it maybe his first league start? Am I right in saying that? Um, yeah, I he's think had one, he he, Norwich he started. Oh, did he start Norwich? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's not had many um, league starts. And there has been a little bit of criticism I've, I've seen on social media. I think people maybe expected him to, to hit the ground running or certainly hoped to have seen a little bit more from him. Um, clearly, he hasn't been able to do that so far, but I thought that he took his opportunity um, at the weekend. Again, you know, rough around the edges by far, you know, from the, the perfect performance, but, but there was an intensity about everything that he did when he receives the ball, 
Um, and then when he moves the ball, he, he doesn't stop. He's looking for those runs beyond, you know, and, and sometimes when you've got teams camped in and you are backwards and sideways and there's so many men in front of you, you need somebody to to have that aggression and, and positivity to, to break the lines. And yeah, Jordan, whilst there wasn't a goal or, or an assist for him, I think that he would have given Enzo food for thought and I think that'll give him a huge amount of confidence going forward. Yeah, I was really impressed by him and I, I kind of feel sorry for him in terms of the fact that his debut, he scored a winner in stoppage time and mm. that's kind of the barometer which he's judged by. Yeah, but it's, it's easy to forget he's 20 years of age. He hasn't really played senior football, at least not in England anyway. And, you know, as an Italian midfielder, you know, growing up and playing in Italy, the tempo's slightly slower than over here. So he's, he's not used to you know, not uh, having as much time on the ball. But I thought after the, um, I thought on on uh, Saturday, he was so hungry and he, he won the ball back several times and he looked really up for it. And yeah, you know, he, like you say, he's not added a goal or an assist to his tally, but um, I, I feel like we, we've been a bit quick to judge him as a fan base, to be honest. He's, like I say, he's, he's only a kid and he, he's going to improve the more games he has. And again, it's not easy coming in, out, in and out of a team, especially when you've got, Wilf, who's been doing really well in that further, you know, advanced role, um, and KDH, who's who's put up some good numbers, and and they're two lads that have been here for quite a period of time, and he's he's coming on loan, so hopefully he he can kick on, and I think every player in this squad is going to have their their moment. Hopefully, Casti's not already had it on his debut, but that that's what Enzo's doing so well, and, and you know, I think he said you need two players in every position to, to be a good side. And that is true. And I've, everyone seems to have bought into that at the minute. Um, and Cassidy is certainly going to be be pivotal. And, you know, you might come on to it as well, but I, I thought Eunice, and it was certainly the last few weeks, I think Eunice is really pushing for a start. Um, I actually think he's better where Cassidy probably likes to play in, inside, but he can play either, either wing. He's, he looks supremely technical. Um, he's only small, so that's my only concern is that he might get bullied. But I think he look, he looks like he's going to be a, a superb player, and it, it's only a matter of time, I think, before he starts quite regularly as well. Yeah, no, I was impressed with him. I think yeah, some some really nice touches technically, as you said, looks levels above anything else in in this division. Um, so yeah, wonderful options that we've got there, um, Jack. So just on on Casadai and, and, and Eunice. Yeah, I, I thought Casadai was okay. I thought. Um... When indeed he came on, I think Cassidy made that run a few times, just sort of inside the fullback, and he wasn't quite strong enough to hold the player off, which indeed he was. I mean, I'm comparing him with a bloke who's got 50 international caps and played a lot of Premier League games, so that's probably a little bit unfair. I thought he was better. Um, he he's strong. He's good in the air. I think he's he's got a decent touch. He just doesn't seem that quick for me for someone of, of that age playing in that position. That might be the bit that holds him back. But yeah, I thought he was I thought he was decent. Eunice intrigues me in a way because I really like him. And everyone where I sit really likes him. But he hasn't really done anything yet, apart from he works quite hard and he does look quite good technically. And I think that's fine. But I was going Compared to some of the other players, you know, Fatubu sort of goes past a man, Mavadidi does the same. But there just does seem to be something about him that means he'll be a success at the club. But I can't quite work out why. Um, he just seems to have it, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought he looked decent when he came on. But he, again, didn't really hurt the opposition uh, necessarily, but he doesn't give the ball away. He works really hard, I think. 
I think there is a thing about Leicester City fans and we do like players that work really hard. Like That is the one thing to endear yourself to a Leicester City crowd very, very quickly. Think of like Dickov, think of Vardy. Like even when Vardy wasn't scoring when he came in, it was it was about working really hard and he definitely does that. So yeah, I thought he was, um, I thought it was good. I thought Suter was all right as well coming back in after a while out. I think there's been sort of murmurs that he can't play in this style of football. He looked absolutely fine to me playing this style of football. So, um, so yeah, that's just a six foot seven monster we've got on the bench to, you know, bring on as and when we need that we paid 15 million quid for, which I would imagine would really, really irritate Stoke fans. In fact, I know it did because when we went into, we were in the pub before the game, they said, can you let Suter play for us? Because we haven't got any centre back. So, um, so yeah, it's funny. I don't have a scapegoat at the moment. Um, And I've always got a scapegoat. And I probably should allude to the fact that I've said some mean things about KDH (laughs) really, really well. And no one was happier than me uh, when he scored. So I'll own that. I don't mind. Uh, I still do think when you put a little pressure, (laughs) his first touch isn't great. Always a but. But his numbers are looking very, very good. And that's what I've criticised him for. He was unlucky not to have a goal. It was actually a very good save on on Saturday. Um, so he's just he's just much better running forward than running backwards, which is kind of where we want him to be. Um, I did also think that the celebration cupping his ear towards SK1 was aimed at me. Uh, <laughs> apparently it wasn't. Um, so that might have been being a little bit egotistical. Uh, but yeah, apparently it was just because we weren't singing his song or something. Um, yeah. And he wanted to hear it. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. But um, yeah, I'll own that one. Healthy so, arrogance. Yeah. Exactly. It's a good exactly. arrogance. Um, yeah. A quick chat then about the next game um i know we've got an international break but obviously it's um it's swansea up next and uh, a team boys that will obviously still be reaping the rewards of being coached by russell martin last season <laughs> no, 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 no nibbles nothing honestly I, I can't even tell you where they are in the league they had a terrible one. start so i mean it's been it's been an interesting one because they've won the last four haven't they yeah so genuinely and don't like jump on me here. They were slow starters last year when when Russell Martin went in because obviously he completely changed um, the style of football. They lost a load of players, but by the end they they were they were they were just missed out on the playoffs. They ended pretty strong. Obviously Russell Martin goes to, to Southampton. They brought in Michael Duff from from Barnsley. Done a really good job at, at both Cheltenham and Barnsley, but like you're talking chalk and cheese in terms of style of play from what Russell Martin is to, to Duff. I thought it was a, a an interesting, I'm not going to say bizarre, interesting appointment because they are so, so different, you know, and I don't think there's anyone who plays the same possession the same way that the Russell demands. And then there's no one who plays the same kind of physicality, direct play that, that Michael Duff did at, at Barnsley and you know, the personnel, well, there was obviously not going to be a complete change of, of squad overhaul. So yeah, it started really badly and the Swansea fans were, were actually hating Michael Duff, but obviously um, after a few wins, things begin to change, but yeah, they are, what are they? 12th mid table, only a few points off, off the playoff places. Um, so yeah, it, it'd be an interesting one because Swansea over the last, however many years, even thinking what pre Steve Cooper and go back, 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 back. I've always been a very possession style, attractive team to watch. But this Swansea team under Michael Duff, I suspect, would be very, very different. Well, if, if you say that um, the, the styles between Duff and Brussel are similar, <laughs> I'm guessing Swansea might be all right at defending then. Um, but yeah, <laughs> just, look, just looking through their, their last 
four or five, yeah, it looks like since they lost the derby to Cardiff, they've actually mm. put some good results together and scored quite a few goals. And obviously they lost Pirro, but I'm not bothered. I don't look below <laughs> second in the league anymore, well, mate. So I think we need to be wary of the away games, though. And particularly, yeah, I, think, is, I think we do. Team is I think well. suit us, though. Away games should suit us more because teams will have to attack. That and that, and we'll just pick them off. I mean, we didn't play well at Blackburn and scored four. Um, yeah, that's true. And, and, and I'm honestly going to games. I think minimum we're going to get is two. Um, and we've only conceded six all year. So, yeah, I don't see. I don't see. We are due problem. a slip up. I mean, they beat Pl- Plymouth's home form has been unbelievable, and they beat them. Mm. Um, they beat the best side in the league, Norwich City, um, away. So, uh, sorry, at home. So, you know, not to be, not to be. Mm. I up. mean, since they lost to us, Norwich, they've been they've crumbled. There's now calls for for Wagner to, oh, to leave as well. From them, it's the problem is I built them up as one of the best teams in the division. The same as Southampton, and since I've done that, the pair of them have had absolute. They've had a few injuries though, haven't they? Nor- Norwich have lost. Yeah, uh, but, that ginger haired striker, haven't they? I, mean, I, I don't rate Josh Josh Sargent. I don't rate him personally. It's, it's someone who works hard, does a lot of running, doesn't score a lot of goals. I mean, I think more the fact they lost Timmy Puki is a a bigger yeah. bigger issue because well, he scores the goals. Um, yeah. Quick word on Ipswich then, um, to, since we're, we're chatting about the championship. What have you made of them? Because people were saying at the start of the season that, you know, look out for Ipswich. You know, they, they could be in with a shout here of, of, of having a really strong season. I was thinking, look, they're going to be under no danger of relegation. You know, they're a big club. You know, the momentum that they're going to have. But I didn't. And I thought, you know, if things go perfectly for them, they could well get into the playoffs. But take Leicester away here they've made one of the best starts in championship history and um yeah the 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 Ipswich fans understandably are are very much kind of on board with the fact that they think that the automatic promotion is is very much on I mean have you seen much of Ipswich and do you think they're the real deal because the more I see of them I I'm starting to think that yeah they they probably are um a a top two side I've seen a bit of them um and obviously they've come up got a lot of momentum uh, decent manager. They've got a fairly few decent players, but from what I have seen, they ju- they just look so chaotic. Mm. Um, you know, the games I've seen, they just look so open. And I know that they they score quite a lot, but I think at the back as well, they're also a bit vulnerable. And I just feel like with us, we're in control of every game, and I don't see any side having more possession than us and having more control in the game, which. You know, if games are chaotic like that and open and end to end, obviously it's a bigger risk of getting beat. But that said, I mean, like fair play to them. They've made an unbelievable start. They're hanging on to our coattails, um, and we've got them on Boxing Day. Hopefully, yeah, we, we yeah, hopefully we we can get a bit of a gap because obviously we're we're ten clear of third, which is obscene. And the next objective really is to obviously keep winning and hope Ipswich start slipping up. I mean. I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert. I don't know what their their strength in depth's like. So, again, if injuries start occurring, they they might start struggling. But yeah, I mean, it, obviously, it looks like us and them at the minute. Um, and then you know, Leeds have, have started slowly, but are creeping up there. And I mean, Sunderland got well, they had ten men, didn't they? But they got a battering home to Middlesbrough, and, and Sunderland are up there as well. So, I'd say they're the only teams that. I'm not worried about them, but they're they're there and thereabouts, aren't they? I fully expect us to beat all three, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, I mean it, it is a stranger with it, which because there isn't an obvious star, standout player. There's there's not. 
Now it is a league and a team I've, I've, I've looked at. It looks like it's Kieran McKenna who appears to be the um, the wow factor or the the kryptonite or, or whatever it is the the ace that they've got in the pack. It seems to be their manager. Um, kind of Jack, final words um, if you want, or if not, we can jump on any other business I, and start I, wrapping up. I, I can't really add to it because I've not seen a single game by Ipswich this year, but something did irritate me early this this uh, today. <laughs> well, so uh, one of those, you know, like those clickbait polls, you know, who's the best fullback in the uh, in the championship? And I was thinking, well, it's Ricardo or it's James Justin and there's not really much debate. But apparently Ipswich have got some left back and it's Brandon like... With, no, it's the other one. The left, I can't remember his signing for Brandon me. Williams is a left back. Uh, no, apparently he's playing right back for them or something. Oh, is he? Anyway, I've never heard of him. He came from Leeds. Apparently he's very good. He's left back for them. Shows I don't pay too much attention to this league, but I, I think they're wrong. It's it's Ricardo or Justin, the, the best fullback in this league. By Did you tell mile. them? No, of course I didn't. I sat here and got angry about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Telling you boys about it. it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Do that. Don't get angry yeah. with Twitter. You, you keep stay. telling me not to bite. Yes, so I do. I haven't bitten. So but, there you go. It's just the fact that I can tell that that's been in your head all afternoon and you've been waiting just, patiently just, you know, to get off the chest. You just read something. You go, like, honestly, what, yeah. what planet do these people live on? Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Jordan, any other business? I have two any other business. The first one is I've got the spreadsheet up. <clears throat> have we not had a, a Luke O'Neill? I mean, I hope you haven't because it means... A, I got it in the WhatsApp group, and then B, I've I've got it here. So we have not had Luke O'Neill on the pod. Fair so enough. I think I'm owed an apology. Um, but secondly, um, tomorrow. <laughs> Very good. Uh, secondly, um, tomorrow is World Mental Health Day, and I saw the club posted about it, and I know all the Championship clubs did. There were some ridiculous responses, as to be expected, but. Um, great to see the club actually acknowledging it and making strides. And the one thing I did kind of want to call out, they they used the Skybet Championship logo on the graphic, which people were, I guess, rightfully calling out. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it sponsors the league. Mm-hmm. Skybet sponsors the league. That's kind of out of the club's hands. Well, yeah, you know that that logo might well have to be contractually in the graphic. Um, but again, right to call it out that you know gambling is. Uh, I think the biggest contributor to suicide death. So plenty of work needs to be done, but good to see the club acknowledging it and all the other championship clubs as well. Um, so yeah, well done yeah. to the, the club for that. All right. Lovely stuff. Right then. So um, as mentioned at the start of the podcast, international break. So this weekend, once I've sorted out the edit for it, you're going to have a, a special episode from us um, with the legends. That is Steve Walsh. I've got I've got one more AOB as well, Jake. You sounded yeah. like you were finishing up. And not well, I was, but you can you can jump in. Well, this week's a big week, Jake and Jordan, because finally, yeah, what have tickets? I the tickets oh. are going on sale for the quiz this week. Um, so uh, they uh, Liam and I are going to sort the link out. Well, Liam's going to sort the link out and send it yeah. to me, but we will publicise it. Um, can't remember the name of the venue somewhere right. in Leicester. It will be on there, seven forty-five, second of December. I think I think it's St Martin's Hall or St Martin's something. Anyway, I don't want to say it because I'll get it wrong. But anyway, tickets will be available this week. Um, it's after the West Brom game, which is inevitably going to be moved because we're massive. 
Um, so, uh, so yeah, there probably won't be a game that day by the time we get round to it. Um, and yeah, it should be a really good quiz. I've already started writing it. So, um, so yeah. Well, as you can tell, as you can tell from tonight, you know, I'll be a, a very good quiz master. I think I'll you will not be being please. asked to ask any of the questions, Jordan. <laughs> we have the same round three times. Yeah. This is what so all he's been doing is deliberately messing up every time so we don't ask him to do anything yeah. um, on the quiz night. That's all it is. Yeah. Do a job badly and then never get asked to do it again. You know you're yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right then, guys. Well, look, um, as I said, next podcast um, will be one we've recorded already, a special with, with Steve about his career, his time, his association with the football club. Loads of brilliant stories. So I do hope you enjoy listening to it. Um, we'll stick that on social media at some point um, next week. You're not going to jump in at all, are you? Either you two? No? Happy? Good to wrap up? It's St Martin's house. St Martin's house is all where right. it is. There we are. Yeah. Yeah. Are we finished? Are we done? Yeah? So. Thanks yeah. for listening. And Thanks. we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. Podcast Network.